Good morning, church. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, We do want to remind everybody that life is better in a small group. Uh, If you're not in one already, uh, we encourage you to find a leader and get in one. Uh, You can find out more information at our guest services desk right back here uh, next to the coffee bar. Uh, Do want to announce a new group that's coming, though. The women's group is starting a new study Tuesday, September 12th at 630, and it'll be every Tuesday afterwards. So you can sign up at this table right behind this first section of chairs. Saw a couple of you sign up this morning. Uh, Be sure to reserve your spot so you can get a book and uh, ask Connie for any questions. Uh, Excited to announce this. Uh, Journey Students is relaunching uh, September 17th. Uh, We kind of took the summer off. There was a lot of things going on uh, in the lives of our students and families and also my personal life. And I kind of shared that last week uh, during the message. But uh, I am excited to announce that we are going to start that up September 17th. Now, if you are a youth parent or student, you may know that we have done Tuesdays uh, for the past year. Uh, We are actually moving back to Sunday nights, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. on Sunday nights. And we've got some more information to talk about on September 17th, like a couple of trips that we have planned and other things like that. So if you have any questions, if you have any concerns about the schedule, uh, find me after service. I'll be by the front door, and I'll answer any questions that you might have. We're in a new series uh, starting today for 10 weeks. Uh, We're in the book of Ephesians. So if you've got a Bible, if you follow along on your smartphone with the Bible app, uh, go ahead and go to Ephesians. Uh, We're going to be in this series for 10 weeks called Forward Thinking, Getting Past Your Past. And uh, today we're talking about who are we? That's a a tough question to answer sometimes. And uh, sometimes church gets a bad reputation. And uh, sometimes if we leave the church hurt or if something happens in the church and we really don't feel good about it. Uh, Sometimes it's tempting to leave a bad review, just like you do at a restaurant or a hotel or some other place of business when you've had a bad experience. Uh, But we need to keep in mind, God's not the cause of our bad experiences. God is the reason we're alive today. He's the reason we're here gathering today. And uh, we should worship him fully and wholeheartedly. And so I pray that we do that this morning. I'm going to pray to kick off the series. Uh, Would you bow with me, please? Father, I thank you for this moment right now where uh, we get to connect with you in prayer, and uh, we ask you this morning that um, everyone that's here with us in person and everyone that's watching online, that they would feel encouraged after today's message, and they would leave uh, feeling empowered, uh, not because of anything that we've done with our music or anything that Bobby says in his message, but really it's because of you. And I pray this morning if there's anyone here that's struggling or going through a hard season of life, and maybe they've never turned to you for the first time, maybe they've never made that decision to follow your son Jesus forever. Uh, God, if that's today, I pray that it is. Um, I pray that someone, if they feel the need to talk to somebody today, that they would take that chance, and uh, there's no better time to do that than today. Uh, God, we thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, welcome, and uh, 
I'm kind of uh, jacked up here. I've been out of town, kind of traveled, been to Colorado, saw Texas friends. We all gathered, and uh, I've tried to meet all you guys this morning, say hello and shake your hand. To be honest with you, I'm kind of out of breath. Say, out of breath? So probably you are too. Life's busy. It gets hectic. We had to get here in time and grab maybe something to drink or bite to eat, see someone we want to talk to, hadn't seen for a while. So here's my encouragement. Relax just a little bit and just breathe. Settle in, calm down, and uh, we are going to study together. I'm going to try my best not to take you hostage and get you out of here right on time, but I do want to teach you, and I do want to guide you through some thoughts, because it is important that we do this together. We are better together. In the book of Ephesians that we're going to study for the next several weeks, I'm going to give you some benefits Everybody knows that we ought to go to church, you know, grandma told us that, or mom and dad told us that, or we have a conscience and we say, you know, I really ought to get back to a church somewhere. We probably all have feelings about God and about church and about Jesus. Jesus changes everything. But but honestly, sometimes, our, you know, things happen, our experiences maybe uh, not a good one. And we end up maybe just uh, postponing some things that we really need to do. So so that title today, in Ephesians chapter 1, we're just going to look at the first 10 verses. When you know who you are, and I want to help you know who you are today. That's, that's what I really want to do. I mean, you have a first name and a middle name and a last name and an address and a phone number. I know that. I know we have information, but I mean when we really know who we are as a human being, when I know who I am, then I know what to do. So I think what happens to most of us is we, we, we kind of get confused, and we get distracted at times. And so welcome to this series that will lead us into the fall of the year, and how about that weather today? Say amen. I mean, I can feel fall coming with us from Colorado as we came back like this is going to be great everybody's ready for a break and uh, I I really want to tell you that God's going to help us with that whatever it is that you're battling whatever it is that you're struggling with we're, we're really going to find help and we're going to answer a couple of these really important questions today the first one is do you know who you are and I really have to ask myself that sometimes because the truth is sometimes I lose my temper Sometimes I, I lose control, and I wish I hadn't said it that way. And if, and if you're not careful, sometimes people who observe you, it makes a bad impression. First impressions, like a review, a bad review online, or somebody tells you about a place like, don't eat there, uh, it really ruins everything. And so I, I sometimes myself have to struggle with, Get it together, Bobby D. Pull it together, Bobby D. That's not exactly what Jesus had in mind. And I have to admit that I'm just a guy who, you know, tries to get started every day like everyone else. So probably that's who we all are trying to answer this question, you know, do you really know who you are? So I I think that's the place to start. Sometimes we can be crazy and kind of weird and wacky. And we end up that somebody says something about the church we just walked out of and maybe, you know, something we said or how we treated our neighbor, our seat buddy, maybe they just felt like that wasn't very friendly. I don't think I'll ever go back. And uh, 
I don't know. It, it happens to all of us, like a restaurant or a hotel or a flight that we take. You end up with a bad experience. Connie and I had a mixed experience, I guess you would say, a disappointing experience with an airline that we took to Denver. We had tickets very early for months, months and months we had booked tickets, but our flight, our particular flight, got canceled. That was a mid-morning flight that would be an easy flight out of Cincinnati, and come to find out they completely canceled the flight, and our flight was boarding at 4.30 a.m., the one flight that we had available. So Connie slept on the couch, and I, I worked on a laptop all night, sitting in the airport in Cincinnati. It wasn't so great. Say, not so great? And I tried to give them a chance on the return flight, saying, fingers crossed, hope, hope we make it, you know, on time, and flight schedule's on time. But the truth was, we got trapped on the tarmac, on the plane, for an hour and a half, because the passenger went weirdo. Oh, yeah, wacko. Like, I wasn't really sure. They had a doctor on there with a stethoscope, and I thought the police were going to come and remove her, and it was kind of a weird thing. It was just, you know, and, and I don't know what happened to her. I don't know if that's not normal for her. Sometimes things happen. and So I know what we did do when we got home. Connie and I both arrived home. We took our phones out, and we deleted that app. <laughs> I'm not flying with that airline again. And some people have deleted the church because of something that happened. And it was not the experience that we hoped for or that we imagined. And so I want to encourage you with this right now. Whether it's in your personal life or in a church family that you once gathered with and maybe now you're not really gathering anywhere. And you guys who are online, think about this. Don't give up. Don't give up on the church. It really is the hope of the world, the only hope that any of us have. Connie and I are going to fly again. We're just not going to fly with that group of people. We have, we have children and grandchildren who live in Canada. We, we have to fly to see them. We're going to fly. We have friends who live in Texas and Colorado and California and Florida. We will fly again, just not with that group. And so don't give up on the church. And, and if you've somehow tanked, you know, maybe somehow you hit a wall. And, and it was like, you know, a, it was a tipping point, And you just somehow slipped a bit. And you kind of got skinned up and you got beat up a bit. And you just aren't as confident about your connection with God. Don't stop trying to connect with God. Don't give up on God. He's still pursuing you. He's still seeking you. He's still loving you. And so I just want to be an encouragement to you today that when you know who you are, then you know what to do. And that's the part I want to emphasize what time I've got left. Now, as I said, we're going to try to answer this question, do you know who you are? And so let me begin by reading Ephesians chapter 1, the first three verses. And you can check it out on your phone or in your Bible, if you've got your Bible in your hand, or just look on the screen. Paul is the author and he begins, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. 
he wants us to just catch our breath for a moment. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's also writing to you and I who follow Jesus. If you have a Jesus relationship, let that sink in just for a moment. What Paul says in his salutation, his opening line, his opening words of his personal letter, grace and peace to all of you. Catch your breath. It's going to be okay. It's okay not to be okay, but it's going to be okay because God is with us. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in so many ways in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Reading those first three verses of God's encouragement through the Apostle Paul that we would all just pause for a moment and catch our breath and know the benefits, know the benefits of belonging to the church and being the church and gathering in church and having a family called the church, just catching our breath and being reminded once again it helps us answer who I am, and it also helps us understand what's so, what's so hot, what's so authentic and real and genuine about Christianity anyway. What, what is the benefit? What are the privileges of belonging and being connected and engaged in, in a family, the Church of Christ, the Church of God, Jesus Church that he started, whatever name over your door that you gather in Jesus' name, what is the benefit? What makes following God so special? That's the second question. If you don't know the privileges and benefits, you're probably going to let your membership just drop. If you never go to the YMCA and you have membership and tuition goes up every year, say, goes up? If you're not using it, you're probably just going to let it go. If you've got some kind of membership to a club somewhere that you enjoyed when you were younger, but now you're slowed down and you don't do that stuff anymore, you're probably just going to let it go. If you don't understand the privileges and benefits of belonging to the family of God, you probably don't know how to, you know, move next. What, what should I do? So knowing who you are will help us understand what to do. And uh, this this first chapter, the first ten verses of Ephesians, I'm going to try to give you three takeaways, a couple of thoughts. Who am I? And then the why. Why would I want to walk in this place anyway? Or a place like Journey Church or any other church. Who am I and why would I want to get connected and engaged or make commitments to something called Jesus Church, the church Jesus started? Here's number one. We've got three of these ideas and we'll read some more verses together from chapter one. Here's, here's one of the privileges and benefits that really matter a lot once you know who you are. We, all of us, who have a Jesus relationship, whether we're married or single or rich or poor, black or white, or live in America, or we live in some other European or Asian country, it doesn't really matter. All of us who have a Jesus relationship are included. That's the word I want you to put down there. We're invited, we're included and the mission and purpose and plans of God on earth. And it's from the beginning 
that we were included. And I'll say a few things about that in just a second. Let's read verse 3. We're invited to the party. Let's just start there. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. If you went to check your book, your bank account when you got home, and if you have an online account, checking account like my wife does, you can tell pretty fast, has anybody gotten into my account? Has somebody taken any of my funds? Have I been hacked? Has somebody stolen my identity? Has somebody got my card numbers? You can find that kind of information out, and it's not surprising when it happens today because there are some really nefarious kind of people that are really making our world a mess by just being, you know, crooks. They're just crooks, and they're really good at it, and they really mess up your, your, your checking account, your bank account. But you'd probably be shocked, even more shocked than somebody who stole some of your money, is that somebody put some money in your account for free. Say amen? amen. Now let me say it again. You'd be pretty shocked if Bobby D. decided, well, you know, I, I just had some kind of uh, gift given to me and I need to share it around, so I'm going to give every one of you $100. You check your account. With, don't do that when you go home today. I'm just saying, it would it would shock me too. I'm just saying. But that's what God has done. That's what Paul says to us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms where it really matters, like somebody mysteriously making deposits in our personal checking account with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God's making deposits in our spiritual checking account even before we were looking for God or talked about God or even before we knew who God was. Verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before he started saying, that's a rabbit and that's a giraffe and that's a monkey and before we ever got Adam and Eve and before God ever started saying, I'm going to put the stars right there and let's put the moon over here and the sun there. Before God ever started creating things, it says in verse 4, He chose you and I in Him to be a family, to be included, to be invited. It didn't matter what county you were born in. It didn't matter what city or, or it didn't matter what your bank account says. It didn't really matter to God at all what color your face was going to be. God knew all those things, but he was already before the creation of this world investing in each of us that we might belong. That's the benefit. That's the privilege that people just don't talk about. There's only two reasons the church gets a bad review. And, and one of them is pretty normal. We just, don't, we just don't take the time to leave a good review. We don't get our phone out. You know, I had a great meal last night. Look at each other. Man, it was the best place I ever ate. But we, we're busy. So we just don't take the time to leave a five-star review like, man, you got to come and eat at this place. One of the problems in the church today is we don't tell anybody it's a great place for everybody and that we have this privilege and benefit that God is including us, inviting us, even before the world was put together, even before we were put together, he was investing in each of us. So that's one reason is that we don't tell other people. If you found something really good, you need to tell somebody. Tell somebody good news. Say amen. amen. we got to do more of that. 
We really got to do more of that, guys. Leave good reviews. And the second reason that I can think of that the church kind of gets subpar ratings in our culture today. I got to be careful how I say this because I don't make anybody mad. Some of you get weird and wacko sometimes. I love you anyway, and God does, God does too. He loves us even more. But man, your marriage falls apart. Your life falls apart. You fall apart. You end up a criminal in jail, and I got to go take you I got to go take you communion behind bars somewhere. I've done that, guys. We just kind of go sometimes weird. We're people. People are just people. And so sometimes people, because we've acted weird, like the lady on the plane, she had a seat. She had her seatbelt on. We were ready to pull away. She was headed to her destination. But because she weirded out on us, we all got stuck for about an hour and a half, didn't know where we was going anywhere or not. And that's what happens sometimes to the church. We're strapped in. Jesus is our pilot. We're headed to our destination. It's called heaven. He's going to get us there. And then something happens like somebody did something like, what is going on with that family? And it just kind of throws us off. And, and we lose our focus, and we can lose our direction and momentum. And, and so stay with me enough t- that you can recognize how important it is for you to give a good review. So if you're, if you're good right now, if you're good, and God is a good, good father, then tell other people, like, you know, I'm a mess, but today I'm good. Today I'm really good. Tell somebody when you're really good. Don't wait until you're really bad, and then they're going to just decide for themselves, like, that person's crazy. Don't do that. On your good day, on a good day, on my worst day, I'm a child of God. On my best day, I'm a child of God. Every day is a good day because I'm a child of God. Say amen. Amen. There you go. You got it. That's all I need you to do. And if we'll do that more, that's a great review that we can share about the church. And people will understand more why, what are the benefits and privileges to be included and invited to the party. Verse 4, got to go. For he chose us in him to be holy and blameless in his sight. Paul is writing to the city in Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. And this city today is located in a country called Turkey. And it's much like going to New York City. Some of you have family members going to school in New York right now. It's a very diverse, high density, 8 million people, 9 million people. Uh, Every kind of worship of God, little g, that you can imagine. Every kind of thing going on in that city, in New York City today. There is a remnant of people in New York City who believe in God, the one true God. There's a remnant of people who believe in the one true Holy Bible, Word of God, forever, infallible. There is a remnant of people everywhere, have always been. But Ephesus was a location kind of like New York City with the worship of uh, Temple of Diana, which was a sensual kind of, I don't know how to say something without it being... uh, get a PG rating here, but it was it was kind of a crazy kind of thing to call that church with temple prostitutes, male and female, where, yeah, I think I'll go to church today. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. My old human self, 
yeah, that's kind of what was going on. And uh, so, so the worship wasn't like, okay, we're going to meet in a little church, a big church. It wasn't like we're going to meet in places that had pews. It wasn't like have chairs. It wasn't like we sing hymns. The church that the Apostle Paul was writing to at Ephesus in the first century here, it wasn't easy button kind of church. It was more like church like this because we're next door to AutoZone and the other side of that wall is the Kentucky Drug Clinic. Uh, most of the churches in the Bible and the New Testament and the book Acts, they were just meeting and gathering wherever they could. They didn't have facilities or locations or websites. They, they really had to work really hard to get people together, to feed them, to serve them, uh, to help them. And so it's that kind of a challenging kind of church that we're, we're reading about where people really need to know the benefits. Why would I want to belong when I know who I am? Why would I want to belong? And the Apostle Paul is trying to give the early first century church and all of us to know that if you'll stay connected and engage with the family of God, you'll grow faith deeper. That's it. You want to grow your faith deeper. God wants us to grow our faith deeper. So if you'll do hard things, your faith, faith does grow deeper. Say deeper. Don't be a shallow Christian. You, you can be a Christian. It, it, you don't get to heaven because you get to be better. You get to heaven because Jesus loves us no matter. It isn't because we work our way to heaven. It's because Jesus died on the cross that we go to heaven. But he doesn't want us to stay there. He would like us to, you know, grow deeper faith so we can help other people know they too can grow faith and grow their faith deeper. So Paul's writing this letter called Ephesians. It's a set of four letters. It's called the prison epistles or letters. It's written for a two-year period, 61 to 63 A.D. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. It was a period where he went through two years worth of hell on earth. Some of you have gone through a divorce, and I tell everybody, if you went through a death or a divorce, if your spouse died or you divorced your spouse or your spouse divorced you, you're going to go through a period of two years of crazies where you don't want to do impulsive things because we're just crazy. And going to jail for a couple of years will do the same. He was under house arrest, and he spent two years sitting in a cell. He couldn't leave, had his leg chained to a guard. Uh, other people could come and see him, but he couldn't leave, house arrest. But instead of him just sitting there for a couple of years, he actually wrote these four letters that we have, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, and encouraged us to grow deeper faith. So it makes good sense that if this guy can do it, probably we should try too. So the big idea in Ephesians chapter 1 is that we have this wealth of blessings as Christians and as Jesus followers, and we have all these benefits of this privileged status that we ought to leave a good review, a five-star review for everybody else. Let me hurry through this. Verse 1, by the will of God, Paul says, I'm doing what I do. So when you know who you are, that I am a child of God and I am included and invited to the family of God, Paul before, verse 1, Paul was Saul and he was a bounty hunter. And so before you met Jesus, before you got in a tub like that, I've, I baptized some of you at Easter time and we jumped in the water and I got you under and, you know, you bubbled as long as I could keep you down there and then I let you pop back up. But some of us have a history, and that backstory of who we used to be, aren't you glad you're not who you used to be? 
the Apostle Paul used to be a bounty hunter and he was rounding up Christians who followed Jesus and having them arrested and many of them executed. And so by the will of God, Paul says, I'm doing what I'm doing now, speaking to everybody that God is for everybody and not everybody knows, so I have to tell everybody, Jews and Gentiles alike, Verse 2, he says, all the saints in Ephesus are honored that God has accepted everyone. That there's nobody left out. You're not a loser. Say, not a loser? Man, just hang on to that. You went through a terrible experience and you were weird and wacky for a while and you had two years worth of the crazies, but you're not a loser. You're not. God says... It's okay. You know, nobody's good enough. Everybody's had those kind of feelings and felt like I'm not going to make it because I'm not good enough. And the Apostle Paul was trying to coach us and help us understand that it's all right, that God is with us, God is changing us and transforming who we used to be, and I'm not, I'm not who I used to be, and I'm becoming a better version of who I used to be. And so Hang on to that. Don't call yourselves losers. No one is good enough. Only Jesus is. Jesus changes the status quo. And those of us who felt locked out are invited in. I mean, there are just some places that before Jesus, you weren't welcome. Just the way it is. You weren't sober, and you weren't clean, and you were taking money from everybody you could get it from. There are some places that you got locked out of. You weren't invited to the family picnic, and you didn't come at Christmas. There are some really bad things that we used to do before Jesus. Jesus changes everything, Paul says. And that's the benefit and privilege of telling other people who are just plain crazy. You don't have to stay there. God loves you too. And he's been working on you even before the world came together, and even before you came together, just don't give up. Don't lose hope. So knowing who you are will help you know what to do. And Paul describes this, that all spiritual outsiders, all the Gentiles, are now included, verse 3 and 4. He chose us, he selected us, in spite of whatever a pedigree might look like. God loves everyone. And it's not based upon your performance. Because you can't perform good enough for God to say, welcome to the team. Everybody lets loose sometimes and just doesn't do what they need to do. But God says, John 3.16, Billy Graham's most famous sermon, he only needed one line, and it was the most famous sermon, for God so loved the world forever, for all of us. It includes everybody. And so do you know who you are? You're not a reject, and you're not an afterthought, verse 4. No one. No one is a reject. No one is an afterthought. And so that really does help us leave good reviews so other people might want to know more about how did you get things straightened out? Tell me more about this Jesus who changes everything, even people like you. Here's the second thing. Let me rush. Verse 5, verse 6. Not only are you invited, included, you're part of a blended family. You're part of a blended family. So let me look around here. Let's see. We have some. Hispanics, we have some African Americans, we have some honky white boys that really need to get out in the sun now and then. <laughs> You're really pale. Got some of you farmer tans. Roll your sleeves up, you got the farmer tan. 
if you want to look, I got some I, my knee, from my knees down, but Anna said, you have got white boy legs. So I was like, come on, Anna, give me a break now. If you look around this room, we're quite diverse. We're not all cashmere wool. But we are sheep, and we do have wool. And we're blended in, synthetic or not, to the sheep pen, to the sheepfold of the Good Shepherd. All of us are blended in. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Amen? That's a benefit and privilege as well that we don't want to forget about, not lose hope, try to get past the past. Forward thinking is, I'm in. I'm in, and, and I've got some wool to share with others. We belong, and, and we're, we're not left out. We're a blended family like blended wool, even if we're not cashmere and pure Jewish or whatever you think is 100% best wool possible. We are the sheep of God's sheep pen, and he is our shepherd through Jesus. We're not left behind. One of my favorite movies one of my favorite movies with my sister because it's probably one of hers as well. She's she's counting the Fridays down until Christmas arrives. She can't wait until it snows. She's sitting on the back here. One of my favorite movies, Connie Bell. I have a wife, Connie, and a sister, Connie, so is Home Alone. I, ain't, I mean, it's hard to beat that first one, that very first one. They left him <laughs> in the attic. They didn't like him anyway. You know, really, they, none of them liked him. You know, so he just stayed. He stayed in the attic. Some of you got left out. You got left in the attic somewhere, buddy. Your mom didn't like you. Your dad didn't like you. I don't know who didn't like you. Your coach didn't like you. Somebody didn't. You got left in the attic. Your brothers and sisters didn't like you. They give you one of these, you know. You got left in the attic, but God comes to the rescue and says, you're not going to be left in the attic anymore. Come on down. I got, some, I got some time for you as well. So blended into God's family no matter who we are, the benefits to remember, share good reviews of your good news with someone else. Amen? Amen. Yeah, that's good enough. No one is right. Romans chapter 1 through 4. Just read it. Do a little research. We've all sinned. Everybody sins. Nobody gets it right. Jesus Jesus is the only one that gets it right. But we have received special favor from God. Romans 3.23, everybody is sinned. Romans 6.23, there's a price to pay. The wages of sin is death. You're going to die, Buster. You and I are going to die. And you can either die once or you can die twice. You're either going to die physically, everybody's going to die physically, or you'll die spiritually as well. Because of Jesus, he rescues us from death forever so that we might live forever. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, read it for yourself, the first four chapters of Romans. That's what's really cool about the church and Christ and Jesus and Christianity. We've received favor. The Bible calls that grace. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you've surrendered, turned yourself in, if you've been baptized, immersed, taken down to the river, gotten into somebody's bab baptistry like ours over here that's heated, whatever and however you did it, 
I baptized them in the bathtub. Somebody come to me and say, hey, I got to get baptized and I'm leaving town tomorrow, but I need to have Jesus and this commitment and decision made before I get on the bus or the train. Will you baptize me? And I ask, where's your bathtub at? Fill it up. We slice water all over the place. I push them down until they go down. And then they come up and they are what that says. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's who you are. You are a new creation. That's who you are. Tell the devil that he's not welcome on your porch. He's not welcome around your table. Tell him, get out, buddy. I'm not listening anymore. The old has gone and the new has come. So when we have that idea and understanding and faith deepens that we know who we are, then we know what to do. We help tell other people. And here's number three as I wrap this up. Not only are we included and invited and blended I'm going to give you a different word than is going to pop up here, but then I want you to put that word in there. You're sponsored. Some of you are in AA or Al-Anon programs, and they're terrific for helping us practice sobriety. Drug addiction and alcoholism is a disease. It's an illness that we need help with. We need a sponsor who can coach us, mentor us, guide us, keep us, get a chip every year, put a bigger one in. Well, that's what this is about. Jesus is our sponsor, Savior. He rescues us. He paid our debts, put the word debt in there, and filled our pockets. Maybe you don't have the house that you dreamed about. Or maybe you do. Maybe you don't have the car to drive or truck to drive, or maybe you do. Maybe your income is limited. Or maybe it's not. But whether you're, you know, a billionaire or you're someone who's nearly homeless, you have riches that pass anything that anyone could have on this earth. The riches of belonging to a family called God, the church. And when we understand that clearly, then we can leave good reviews and tell other people, I might die rich or I might die poor I've done both I've seen some coffins that we laid out in and man they are pretty where will take care of you or anybody else there's some really nice coffins you can lay yourself out in and you look nice I've also had pine boxes believe it or not the last pine box that I put somebody in was about a hundred bucks if you ain't got any money <laughs> They'll lay you out, and they'll cover you up. You might be rich. You could buy the most elaborate coffin that anybody would sell, or you might be poor as a pauper when you die. But there's another kind of rich that only Jesus gives. Look at verse 7 through 10 as I wrap up chapter 1 for today. In Jesus we have redemption through his blood. He's our sponsor. He's our savior. He rescues us, redeems us. The forgiveness of sin and sins, plural, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, which never runs out, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. 
when your flight takes off and Jesus is your pilot and you are buckled in your seat, buddy, there is nothing on heaven or hell that can stop it then. You are going to arrive in heaven with Jesus your Savior. God has promised you have a destination and he's taking you there. Say amen. Wow. Verse 10, to be put, put into to effect when the times will have reached their, their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven on earth together under one head, even Christ. You might die broke having spent every dime you got, but God's going to buy us back, redeem us back. To redeem someone means to, to recover as if paying off whatever debts are left behind. It is a spiritual metaphor for we become rich in other ways besides money itself. We become rich in eternity. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Rome, Romans tells us we, we are all sinners. And Romans chapter 6 says there's a price for that. Well, Jesus paid the price so that we couldn't pay. Verse 7 and 8, Jesus becomes a chain breaker, deal maker. He paid our personal debt. The devil took us hostage. Jesus somehow got us out of Afghanistan. There's still some people there. We need to get them out. Some, some people there, we should have got them out already. But Jesus came to get us out of a hostage situation of sin. Yeah, that's what it says. Way better. We are way better. We're way better than ever. Bottom line, do you know who you are? You're included, you're blended, you're sponsored, you have a Savior, you're redeemed. Being rich is a state of mind. Our record has been expunged. If you've ever gone to court, you know that they've got a written record of your crime. Now you're on the record books. I stole money from... I divorced so-and-so. I went bankrupt. They've got your name as a record, a matter of record. Jesus expunges our criminal behavior, and now we're clean as a whistle and white as snow. Amen? That's the benefits and privileges. Don't look back, buddy. Don't look back. Look, look forward, forward thinking. When somebody asks you, how do you live with yourself? <laughs> when somebody seriously asks you, how do you live with yourself? You just tell them because Jesus changes everything. You might have been crazy as a rock, but there is grace and mercy and forgiveness for all of us. Let me read this. Church may be the only place left that you can be completely honest without going to jail. If you get too honest, somebody's probably going to come with the IRS and take your money away. Or You know what I mean? Church is probably the last place on earth that you can be completely honest about our failure. We're all more wicked, dark, and sinful than we feel comfortable to admit. But Jesus is more graceful and merciful than we're able to understand. 
Yeah. You know what happens to us? And then I'm going to read a little verse here that will take communion. Can I give you that picture one more time about the sweaters, cashmere? You know what happens even to a cashmere sweater that's the most pricey one that you can buy? There's little moth things that want to come and eat a hole in your wool sweater. And, and the cheapest old wool blended sweater that you might buy at Walmart, there's some kind of little, you need mothballs somehow. To, they come and eat holes in all of that stuff that, you know, who the moth, you, know, you know who's eating holes in us is Satan. Satan. He's wanting to eat holes in your store. He's wanting to eat holes in your, whether you're cashmere or the cheapest sweater that you could find on the rack at Walmart, you're in the family, guys. And Satan is the enemy who wants to just poke holes in you, bite holes in you, eat holes in you. Before we take communion, let me read this. Psalm 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Before you swallow that today, before you eat that cracker, you don't have to be perfect, but you do need to be honest. Tell God who you are. He already knows anyway. Do you know who you are? Man, I was messy this week. I said, well, whatever you said. Shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have thought it. Shouldn't have done it. Church is the only place that you can be totally honest. Let's be honest. Take the little bread, put it in your mouth. Make sure everybody's got the bread and then I'll we'll take the cup together with the juice. I'll say a prayer. You're sitting there thinking to yourself, oh, I don't deserve this. No, none of us do. No, really. None of us deserve it. Oh, you can take it in a sinful way by not admitting and admitting that you're a failure. You're arrogant and prideful. Yeah, that's the wrong way to take communion. But when you just get honest with God and say, God, I got some flaws, don't I? I, I hope that you'll keep working on them and that you'll give me another chance. God says, I'm there. I really am the good, good father that you were singing about earlier. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place filled with God is glory and grace. I want to go there. Together. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I can't I can't completely understand it, but I sure want to tell other people and leave a five-star rating and review that in my personal life I got better than I deserved. And that I'm sure not cashmere. But I really am. I'm on the rack. I'm hanging on the rack with all the other sweaters that represent the sheep. 
in your sheepfold and I'm grateful that when I was a black sheep you pulled me into or I was a wandering sheep or I was a frightened sheep thank you God that you save us and you do it over and over and you pull us back in may you do that right now may you help us believe forward not backward may you help us look forward not behind us may we look now not in the past but may may we look at the cross right now and know that no matter how we failed and what the failure was about it's over it's done let's don't talk about that anymore let's bury it in the bottom of the ocean that's where you said you would take it may you take it from us may you let us breathe again we came here and we needed to catch our breath May we be able to breathe freely again because of Jesus' love and grace. In his name, amen. Drop these things in that little basket there as they pass them in front of you. If you got an offering, you can put it in the plate. That'd be great. If you got pocket change, put it in that big jug there. We give away about 100 bucks every week to somebody that needs a stove or they need a refrigerator or they need just a hand up, not a handout. We'll try to do that. Thank you guys. God love you. We love you too. And uh, you guys online, I hope you come back and see us real soon. Stay with us. With Ephesians, you're going to like it. Forward thinking, getting past our past. It's going to be great. You guys who are here, the band's going to sing another song. And if you want a prayer before you go, slide on down the hallway here. We'll pray with you. Let's do this. Let's stand.